Amen. Let's pick up our Bibles, make our confession. God has a plan for everybody, has a destiny for all of us. But we get the choice of pursuing it or just sitting down and giving up on it. So let's say this together. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to somebody as you're seated and say, it's so simple. So simple. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, worship team. We have a wonderful worship team. Hallelujah. This morning I came in and uh, and we we pray before service at 830. And I I just had been feeling to sing this song that God had given me probably two or three years ago. I, I did write several songs in the past. They're on a CD back there and on other CDs, but um, haven't written anything in a long time. I haven't really, I don't write music. God, if God gives me something, I write it down <laughs> and I try to, you know, put the music to it. But um, I hear the music sometimes more than I hear the lyrics. But um, I was at the park and I was praying. I said, Lord, you just haven't given me a song in a long time. And he said, I don't give them to you because you don't sing them. I thought, well, that's true. (laughs) I haven't been singing them. And, uh, you know, there's songs of the house. Everybody say songs of the house. Our CDs back there have songs of the house on them, especially that last one, Resurrection River. And on that was Only You Alone. Corey wrote that. At a, uh, out of a message and things that were done here. When songs come out of messages, which oftentimes that's those songs that are back there, they came out of a message or a word that the Lord gave, then they have an anointing. Everybody say an anointing. And it's the anointing that's on the house. And uh, I've not shared a lot about worship in the last few years, but worship is a vital part, a vital part of the life of a believer. And I'm going to talk about that today. And I'm going to share a word that says, come apart before you come apart. Anybody ever been there? Come apart before you come apart. Uh, I don't know about you. My husband calls them, well, I don't know what he calls it when I have a meltdown. He calls it unreasonable. (laughs) He calls it, I don't know what to do with you. (laughs) Go find your sister or somebody who can understand why you're doing it. You call anybody, don't call me. (laughs) How many of you have ever had like a place where you just think, I can't do this. You know, uh, I don't know how to do this. I, I don't know how God is going to do this. And uh, I shared a couple of weeks ago, and, and I shared about Pastor Billy Joe and him going to Russia and how God spoke a word way in advance. And back in uh, Tulsa, and this is just ahead of my message, you can turn to Matthew 11. We're going to be talking there in verse 28 through 30. But um, that's been probably 35 years ago. It was in the middle of the time we were in Tulsa. And uh, probably 30 years ago, and I, I heard this word, you will uh, travel with uh, Pastor Sharon and you will play for her. And uh, at the time, uh, I didn't play the keyboard a lot. I did play in, in the Victory Bible School, but I didn't play in the church or anything. And I never sang. And so um, I, I really, I just put that word aside. And then over time, especially right before we left, I did travel with Pastor Sharon some, but I never played the keys for her. I never played while she sang. And so when she came here in February, some of you remember she was here and, uh, and she said, would you just play this for me? And I had the band play some, but she said, well, I want this time. I just want you to play for me. And uh, I thought, oh, dear Jesus, help me. How many of you know that you, I can play and worship by myself. I know where I'm going. 
<laughs> believe it or not, because I can follow the Holy Spirit for me. But when you're trying to follow the Holy Spirit with someone else who just changes songs in the middle of something and goes another direction, that can be a little intimidating, especially for me. And not for some people that are much more gifted in the keyboard than I. But anyway, she... Um, when I was in Tulsa this last time, she showed me her summer schedule, and I just said, you are going to be very busy, Sharon. And she said, yes. And I didn't even think that she was showing me that for a reason. But uh, then on Mother's Day, I got a text from Pastor Sharon, and she said, would you be willing to travel with me this summer and play for me? So I will be going to Israel a week from next from this Wednesday to play for her in Israel. I'll be there 10 days. And then in August, I'll be traveling with her to, I think it's Hawaii, Australia, and possibly the Philippines. <laughs> I want to tell you, I never had this in my mind. I mean, I, I heard God. Everybody say, heard God. And I wrote it down, and I just prayed, God, you will really have to fix me to be able to do that because I don't know how to play like that. And, uh, and so, but I'm a worshiper. Everybody say, a worshiper. This goes with the message today. And so... Uh, when I get into worship, I forget about people and I forget about how I play or who cares. I don't really care. I'm just worshiping the Lord and I'm in his presence. I come apart. Everybody say come apart. Well, about four years ago in Mexico, at the end of a service, Marilena Steiner, some of you know who she is. That's who I traveled with in Mexico for those 10 years. I was standing there and she came over and she said, now the Lord just told me that you are going to travel with Sharon Doherty. Well, at that time, Pastor Billy Joe had died, and Sharon was the pastor of the church. And she gave me this uh, much more to that than that. Then another lady came up and told me even more and said, I feel like God showed me this. And at the time, now that I had never heard, but I wrote it down. Everybody say, write it down. Because in those times when you come apart is where God delivers the word, his word, not other people's how great they think you are in something. But this is this has nothing to do with your greatness. It has to do with God's greatness. And so he delivers this word right into your life. And in that time, uh, I just, I knew it was God, but I had no idea. And, and later she said to me, now I have never done that before. I've never said to someone, this is what God's going to do. I see this and God said to tell you this. And uh, she said that specific. She said, have you ever heard that you're going to travel and play for Sharon? I said, oh, a long time ago. But I said, I figured that season was over. How many of you know God's season is never over? <clears throat> he will fulfill his word. But you hear it when you come apart. And sometimes in the greatest intensity of the enemy's uh, uprising against your life, it's when God is getting ready to do what he's promised. And, and right then, what God's watching for is if you'll stay stable, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because where you're going with God, that the test of standing right now isn't nearly as great as the test is going to be when you get there. Amen. Because then you will have to count totally upon God and not your own ability. It won't be about you. It won't be what you know. It won't be how well you can do it. It's going to be how well God can do it through you. And so that test, that big surge right there before God really brings that word to pass is usually an opportunity for you to pass the test. Everybody say pass the test. And in that test, I believe is this total surrender. Everybody say total, total surrender. It's not, um, I just give you a little me. It's, I give you everything. 
everything I've held on to for so long. And in my life, you know, uh, there's been some things in this last year that I've held on to for so long. And I felt like God said, just give that to me. Just give that to me. When you release those things, God begins to do what he's going to do in your life. He said to me, you are so consumed with what you see in other people's lives being accomplished that you have forgotten what I see in yours. Can I say that again? So consumed with what you see in other people's lives that you have forgotten what I see in yours. And so I want to give you the scripture today because I believe it's true. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And it, it, this is a scripture uh, that we all know. Come to me. Everybody say, come to me. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Then he says that we're supposed to take his yoke. Everybody say the Lord's yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Uh, when you flow with the Holy spirit, you have to be at rest when you're flowing in the anointing. There can be nothing of you. It has to be everything of God and his presence. There is fullness. Everybody say fullness. I mean, there it's complete joy and peace. You don't even think about what it's doing to affect your life, uh, whether people will like you or not like you, like what you did or not like what you, you're doing. You just lose yourself in who he is. And that's a rest. Everybody say a rest. How many of you know from a baby we're taught to perform? Come on, baby, walk for me. You know, we try to help them even walk. We try to help everybody do what we want to see them do, the normal progression of life. But God is different. God wants to see if we can be successful trusting him and not in our own ability. So this scripture means more than just um, take my yoke. It means let go of who you think you are. Put on who I think you are. Learn from me. What does that mean? Learn to be like me, not who the world has taught you to be, but who I've taught you to be. And uh, Isaiah 18 or 1, 18 and 19 says, come, let us reason together. And then it goes on to say, uh, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. The very best of the land is being in the perfect will of God. He says in that scripture, if you'll come and reason with me, that then your sins will be white as uh, uh, that are red, you know, and, 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 and a scarlet. They'll become white as snow. Do any of you know how that happens? Do any of you know what happens the minute you receive Jesus as Lord? Do we see something? No, but we know. Everybody say, we know. We know that we are changed forever when we receive Christ. His plans and purposes are like that. But we have to be willing and obedient. We can't just know Jesus is Lord. We have to receive Jesus as Lord. There's a difference. We, we have to be willing and and obedience. So I have been in, um, in the scriptures this week in my Bible reading about David. And all of you know about David. You know, David was a warrior. But David was first, everybody say first, a man of worship. He was a worshiper and a warrior. And I want to show you how that works today. Uh, in Psalm 62, the song that God gave me, and, and if I have time at the end, I'm going to sing it because I believe God will use it to minister to some people. But it's Psalm 62. It says in verse 5, my soul wait patiently for God alone for my expectation. Everybody say expectation. Expectation. 
Expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He's my defense. I shall not be moved. That word is shaken. I will not be shaken. In God is my salvation, my glory, the rock of my strength. My refuge is in God. Trust him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Out of that scripture is where God gave me the song that it says, you bring me to my feet. It brings me to my feet. It happened. I saw when I heard the song, uh, Empowered 21, which is going on right now in Israel. Uh, I was in the one in Tulsa with Dan. Remember that? Awesome experience. Awesome experience. People from all over the world. And it was all about the Holy Spirit. It was at ORU. And when they begin to sing... It just brings you to your feet, didn't it? I mean, you just barely could stand in the presence of God. It was awesome. Corey, Dan, and I went. And uh, I just wept through that whole thing, partly because my God changed my life when I worked at ORU. Just that little brief year, I saw him do it. But in that meeting, it was the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. And when they begin to open up their voices and begin to sing and the band begin to play in all these nations, an arena full of people, and they begin to sing something good is going to happen to you. I just wept. It was like the spirit of God just down over the place. Well, David was a man of worship. You know, he was familiar with God. He was familiar with his presence. He was familiar with who he was. And, and I believe it's out of the worship that he became a warrior. I believe it was the reason he was God's choice because it says in first Samuel that and this is God speaking to Saul, how long are you going to mourn over Saul? I mean, how long are you going to be sorry about what happened to poor Saul? I have someone I want to be the king. And he said, the people chose Saul. I have a king who will follow me with all of his heart. Everybody say with all his heart. That means his whole being will be caught up in who I am and not who he is. And so I believe that was, that was David. He, he was a shepherd boy. I mean, he was, not a, he was not a king. He was not an important person, but he was a shepherd. And, and I'm going to talk to you just in a minute what that means. But a shepherd is focused on outward things and not inward things. And God is focused on the outward and not the inward. And so to follow him in this place where he says, come apart before you come apart. I believe in the body of Christ. There are so many people who are coming apart because they haven't come apart. They haven't heard the voice of God for where they're at right now. They haven't seen what God has planned. I don't mean just way out there. I mean, for today, I mean, for right now where we are to experience that glory. And, and David was that man in first Samuel uh, 16, you know, he's been appointed, not just appointed, but anointed King, even though Saul's in position, he's been anointed King. And in that uh, chapter 16, it says, Saul, you know, after Saul stepped away from God, and this can happen to anybody and it will happen, I believe to anybody who steps away from God, a distressing spirit came upon his life. Everybody say distressing. I'm telling you, it is distressing to not walk with God. Could you agree with that? I mean, it is a distressing place to say, I choose not to walk with God. And Saul had been disobedient. He was, he was not willing. He was not obedient. And he ended up out of position. But he, God did not remove him for about 15 years before he's finally removed from the position. And David, all during that time, is the anointed chosen one to be in that position. 
And so as David's in that place, he's still worshiping. Everybody say worshiping. He's worshiping out there with the sheep because this is what it says. Uh, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit came from the Lord. I don't believe God sent it. But when you do not stay with God, the enemy will come and he will gain a place in your life. But it says, let our master now command your servants who are before you. This is chapter 16, verse 16. Uh, to Let's see, command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful player on the harp. And it shall be that when he when he plays it with his hand, the distressing spirit from let's see. Now, let me read. And it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you and you shall be well. Everybody say be well. So what he was saying is when this man comes and worships me, then you will be delivered from that distressing spirit. You know, when we're worshiping God, it says in Psalm 149, the devil is bound. His work is bound. And, and you know, it's such an easy thing. Isn't it a restful thing to worship God? I mean, you may be here and you say, I don't sing, so it's kind of a long, boring time for me. Well, you know, if you just in your heart begin to worship God and talk about how great he is, that's what David did. He didn't sing when he encountered Goliath. He spoke who God was. He exalted the name of Jesus. That's the same thing, whether you're singing it or whether you're saying it, you're worshiping who God is. And so David in this place was the one that was chosen. It says in verse 21, uh, so, so David came to Saul and stood before him and he loved uh, David greatly and he became his armor bearer. Then Saul said to Jesse, please let David stand before me for he has found favor in my sight. And so it was when the spirit from God was upon Saul that David would take a harp, play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. Everybody say worship. He was a worshiper. And even though he wasn't saying anything to Saul, he wasn't criticizing Saul. He wasn't coming against Saul with his words. He was worshiping and the worship was coming and bringing peace to Saul. Worship has a powerful place in your life. If you will begin to, to live it and do it. This is what it says in my commentary. The distressing spirit from the Lord illustrates that in the absence of the spirit of God, men are vulnerable to evil spirits. God is sovereign in all realms, physical and spiritual. However, unless we submit to him and his rule, we are no longer protected from evil and its destructive effects. It is in a sense that God is said to have sent the spirit to have sent the spirit. Saul is not just suffering from a depressed mental state with periods of extreme anxiety. He is being driven by an evil spirit. There's so much medical stuff out there today that diagnoses people with a mental state when truly it is a distressing evil spirit. And I can't preach on that today, but it's true. Try to bind that thing and see what happens to the person. David's music, because the Lord, David's music, because the Lord is with him. Everybody say the Lord is with him, has power to drive out the evil spirit. The Bible says in Psalm, uh, Psalm 22, 8, or 3, his presence is invited when we worship. He is enthroned in our praises. That means we give an invitation to God to come into our presence. Well, God says, you come into my presence and you will be changed. Why? Because when we come into his presence, he comes into our presence. Everything that is hindering you will be removed. 
Now, it may only be removed while you're singing. (laughs) It may only be while you're worshiping him. But you will experience it, and it will draw you more to worship, which is what it did with David. He worshiped. He worshiped. He worshiped. And so when you get in chapter 17, if you keep that in mind, see, David came to this battle as a youth. He was the youngest. He just came as a shepherd boy to bring a provision to his brothers. And Saul had encountered this giant that was defying. Everybody say defying. Now that means he was, he was disobeying the living God in David's sight. To Saul and the army, he was just coming against Israel. But David said he's uncircumcised, he's a Philistine, and he has no right to do this against Israel. So he saw it from a different place. Everybody say a different place. Because he was a worshiper, he could see things from God's perspective and not what they saw. And so when he came, it says uh, that he came to bring this food. And when he heard, it said that he heard the Philistine uh, defying God. And it says, so the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he's come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the king, the man who kills the, him, the king will enrich him with great riches will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in israel well that would be enough right there for a young man hey a new wife no taxes i think i can do this but that wasn't the reason it says then david spoke to the men who stood by him saying what shall be done for the man who kills this listing and takes away the reproach of israel for who is this uncircumcised philistine that he should defy the armies of the living god he, he was just as defiant spiritually against the enemy as the enemy was defiant against Israel. In other words, he said, no, this is not right. And there is a solution. And I am the solution. I know what to do. Was he being proud? No. He was being confident. Everybody say confident. Where did that confidence come from? It came from all that time being a shepherd. Number one, being a servant being a worshiper out in that field, he did not go looking for glory for himself. His word was not, I will be the greatest. He said, God will be great. God will be the greatest in this situation. So he came in the confidence of the Lord. It says in verse 36, your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. He spoke nothing about the the people of Israel, nothing about the soldiers, nothing about Saul. He said he has defied the living God. And so he had that relationship. Then he says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear. He's not talking about his greatness. He's talking about God's greatness. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And so Saul said, go and the Lord be with you. Saul, in the middle of going, I can't imagine how this must have been. But David went from playing his harp and singing. So David wouldn't or so Saul wouldn't be distressed to going back and shepherding the sheep you know that that's going from seeing the miraculous to back serving in the shepherd's field just doing the sheep see those are the people God is looking for in this last day turn your neighbor say I think we qualify you know he's not looking for you he's looking for your worship that's what he's looking for it's not people who just know about God. It's people who worship God. That's a disciple. 
That's a disciple. That's someone whose priority has totally been consumed by what does God want to do here. And when he sees that, you go from being taking care of the sheep, the shepherd, the servant, everybody say the servant, to going over here, playing your harp and seeing the miraculous intervention of God just like that. Why? The anointing. Everybody say the anointing. And it's upon anyone who is willing to surrender. Everybody say surrender. You know, um, in verse, um, it's, I think it's verse 45. It says, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with the sword, with a spear, with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He didn't say, I'm going to be the next king. I'm already anointed. So I'm just going to kill you now because I am just all that. He didn't do that. He said, I come in the name. Everybody say in the name. Come in the name of the Lord. And then he said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know. Everybody say, all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. What do you think the world needs to see right now? You, President Obama, Iranian president, or whatever they call him. No, God doesn't need to see any of that. I mean, people don't need to see, they need to see a living God. How many of you believe that if a living God came sweeping through Iran, things might change? I'm telling you, that's what the world needs to see, is the living God. And the church who believes like David believed, will be able to do that. But there's a cost. It's called worship. Everybody say worship. And God began to show this to me um, because I I used to sit at my keyboard and play all the time. And uh, over time, you know, I don't do as much music in the church anymore. I did this last season when Corey left. I had to play for a while. And, uh, and, and I, I have thought, dear Lord, this is harder than it used to be. <laughs> this music's even harder. You have no idea the uh, the excellence of worship music these people are playing up here. It is not easy, especially those rhythms that, that Brad's having to play. I mean, my whole brain, every part of me had to go into gear, plus the anointing on those. I mean, I could, <laughs> holy camoly. But um, I, I knew when I was doing it, I felt like God said, uh, there's another season of this for you. And uh, so, you know, at the time, I didn't know anything that was coming, but I, but I recognized that I was having to, to practice again. I was having to go back and develop all that again and work on it. And this is what it says was the end of David and his worship. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Everybody say a sling and a stone. It wasn't, it wasn't the armor of Saul. It wasn't the armor of anybody else. It was his armor and struck the Philistine, killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Why does it say that? Because God wants all of us to make sure we know David did it with the weapons God gave him. Not with what would be natural. Every one of you have weapons. Every one of you have weapons. You know, it's kind of like the bow and arrow and, you know, they pull the the arrow out and put it in. Every one of you have a backpack full of weapons. They're the weapons of your warfare. They're not the weapons of my warfare. They're not the same as my weapons. They're the weapons of your warfare. But they are mighty 
in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, strongholds are more than just that person isn't acting right. It's a demonic realm that you're dealing with. It's a spiritual battle that worship has power over. Worship has power over it. That's why when you start the Lord's Prayer and Jesus said, this is the way you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You cannot operate like heaven unless you have experienced it yourself in worship. I'm convinced. Uh, A worship team is only as powerful Not how versed they are in their instruments, although it's important, no matter how excellent. They are only powerful when they know how to flow with the Holy Spirit. Only way. Only way. They have to get out of themselves and get into where God is. You don't do that at a worship rehearsal. You do that seven days a week when you come apart. Everybody say, come apart. Come apart before you come apart. Then you can do what God says. This psalm is a psalm God gave me when he healed my heart in uh, 1979 in Tulsa. I played my piano every night, and I would cry. I thought I was having a breakdown, but I didn't want to tell anybody because they might take my kids. Afterward, I thought it might have been a good idea to take them all. (laughs) No, no, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. But, you know, uh, raising three kids by yourself is not the easiest thing that ever happened, especially when they get taller than you. And, of course, they begin to know everything. How, how many of you know? I mean, the, the every year they know more, more than you, for sure. You know, sometimes I look at my mom. She's back there, 92. And I finally do say, Mom, you do know. You do know more than me. You know, there's a point where you do know more than another person that's younger because you've experienced some things in life. And there's a place where you finally get to say, hey, Tell me, because I don't want to make that mistake. Don't let me suffer if I don't have to. Amen. Excuse me, but it says in Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? This is David. This is David speaking. I I know he could say this. He experienced it. Uh, The Lord is my strength, is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise up against me, in this I will be confident. What is this? That he's a great warrior? No. This. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, everybody say in the time of trouble. He will hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He will set me high up on a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. Praise. I will sing. Yes, I will sing to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me or forsake me. O God of my salvation, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. My parents didn't forsake me, but I moved way away from them. I only had three kids and me. And that's all. And the Lord, 
in that year. But I sat at that keyboard every night, and he became the one thing I desired was to be in his presence, to know where he was with me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen up against me. How many of you have ever had somebody saying things about you that weren't true? (laughs) Right, Nikki? Yeah, young people especially. There's nothing more wicked than a bunch of teenage girls on a roll. I'm telling you, I've lived there. I don't mean that mean, but jealousy, envy, and strife, they're so insecure in who they are that they have to put someone else down to lift themselves up. That's not God. Boys, I don't imagine Joey even knows anybody did anything because Joey's so caught up in the things of God. Todd gave me a picture today of him worshiping. I'm going to put that in my office because that young man has learned where it's at. And, and he, to somebody, may not be qualified to this, that, or the other thing through life, but it won't matter because he worships. He's a warrior. A worshiper is a warrior. Do you know how Faith Hassett went to South Africa? She's a worshiper. And because she's a worshiper, she is a warrior. Worshippers are warriors. I'm not talking about singers. I'm talking about people who give God all the glory. Every day. And that's what David was. This is my favorite part. It says, do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries for false witnesses have risen against me. And such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart. God gave me the scripture to say over myself. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord when I get to heaven. No. In the land of the living. There'll be no more hurt in heaven. There'll be no more rejection. There'll be no more pain. In heaven, everything will be okay. The living, the land of the living is where the enemy has a, an opportunity to attack. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You know, um, God loves you so much. There's not a thing he will not do for you if you'll worship him. I believe it with all my heart. And in that place is where all the confidence and the security and the love and the peace and the joy, that's where it comes. Would the worship guys come, the band? I'm going to play this in. I'm going to, I want you to worship with me. You got me up there, Reuben. worship you, Jesus. God is going to heal your life today. Just open your heart.
Just lift your hands right where you are. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We give you all the praise. I love you. I love you. I love you. Jesus. Lord, I ask you today that your love would just fill every person here today. A love that surpasses their understanding, their knowledge. If you need right now, you say, I just need to feel that love. Just 
come quickly down here and and you coming down here and I'm going to pray for you right before we go but as you're coming I'm going to ask this is there anybody here today that never made Jesus the Lord of your life you know you don't you don't know where you're going to spend eternity that's that's number one because when you know Jesus you're just in his presence you're just in his presence you're just in his presence I mean his presence will bring freedom to your life just knowing Jesus and if that's you today you say I've never really received Jesus as Lord I know about him, but I've never said, take over my life, God, take over my life. If that's you today, I want you to just lift your hand because I want to pray for you. Or maybe you're here and you say, I did, I did did know Jesus and I was walking with him, but things happened in my life and I got, I got off the path. But today I want to come back. I want to be on the right path. And I want to be in that place where God can make me a warrior, a warrior. Someone who overcomes in every situation, who knows what to do. When I get in that time of trouble, if that's you, anybody here before we go? Anybody here? 